The comments within the following podcast are those of any show hosts and not representative of any company in which the show hosts may represent. Welcome to podcast number 288. My name is Jared hope you're enjoying the program as much as I am putting it together. Something is bothering me. Why are we going after cyber security companies? And not people involved in the hacking community that should probably be prosecuted? Some thoughts on that. Equifax. One year later, It can't be good. Any answers in mind on what we could do even better to make sure that we are notified in a more timely manner? And finally, a closer look at the Locky Poser Locky Ransomware. This is a lot different than you think. We'll link to this in an article entitled Sound and nothing one year after the Equifax breach in our show notes contact information will be at the end of the podcast I hope that you will enjoy the program as much as I am and I'd like to welcome those of you who are new to the podcast who have found us through Anchor as they submitted to quite a number of services on my behalf you are welcome to contact me at any time. Thanks for listening, and let's get started. First segment of Podcast 288. So, I have been seeing articles and linking to them. I could do, but I've got a bigger question about these types of articles many of them are talking about countries like Russia and China and that is all well and good they can write about whatever they want I'm not trashing that and I'm not even going to trash uh what the topic is, which is something that we should be concerned about. 
don't get me wrong. Anybody who hacks should be talked about so we could learn about how to protect ourselves. And there's always new hackers out there from any type of country, whether it's Russia, China, the United States, whatever. But one article, for example, says that the social media platforms aren't doing enough. But what constitutes what should be done? Just because they're talking on social media, posting tweets about whatever they want to post about, unless they are violating the law, I don't know, in my humble opinion, what could be done. But yet articles are saying the government isn't doing enough to curtail these things. And it does praise the Trump administration for doing more than the Obama administration, but yet it's still not enough. Where is the balance? I am curious on that because when it comes to hacking, first of all, we know that attribution any type is hard and what I'm not really liking about any of these articles is that they're going after the companies that are supposed to protect us now There are multiple different providers outside the United States that provide protection to people by having software installed. One company is F-Secure. Another company that also has their product out there in the world, although they are US based, but yet they've got multiple different offices, include Trend Micro. And there are others. And I'm not saying that any of these companies, whether they're in the United States or not, are bad. But this is going to be interesting because how can you prove 
that any of these antivirus companies, no matter who they are in the world, are spying on US-based customers and anything else. I am a little lost. Let's open up my phone here. And look, for example, at one such article. And I did catch up on stuff, and I'm not going to link to much of anything, but let's see. All right, U.S. Okay, so that's some good news. U.S. Uh, is extraditing a hacker. That's great to see. Community meeting to discuss proposed launches official. Spurred by security, stolen data from Chinese hotel chain and other illicit product. Popular Mac app grabs your browser history and. You know, Mac apps grabbing your browser. That's great. Sound, theory, and nothing one year directly to see. One year ago, Rose Eleven, NSA official, foreign hackers have pummeled you. S by stealing IP. Hackers sponsored by foreign governments have chipped away. Hackers sponsored by foreign governments are are chipping away. Selected. Okay, let's look. Hackers sponsored by foreign governments have. It pains me to see the core of how we defined ourselves over the last century in terms of innovation, rather than one devastating cyber attack. Barnes said there has been a slow rip of continual theft of intellectual property from our industries. You know this this particular article talks about intellectual property and it's a slow theft. Okay, that's nice to see, but first of all, can we prove? That it's a foreign hacker? Like I just stated, it's hard for us to know for sure who it is. And if it is, I've got some ideas. Former NSA Director Keith Alexander has repeatedly. All items. Back, all items. Okay. Purple 9X funding. NSA official. DHS supply chain and CDM bills passed the House. The House passed to bills Tuesday that aimed to become a champion for Greener L.A. New Union Station exhibition. There was a well-known hacking group is getting better at evading detection. A well-known hacking group. Another article talking about a well-known hacking group. How come they haven't been taken down? If they violated the law, how come they haven't worked to try and press charges? We've seen time and time again that people can get in trouble for this stuff, right? Focuses on first track link earlier this year. Ulrig link a group that has been the Oops IE variant delivered in this Ulrig link Ulrig a group that has been linked to Iran is a group that's been linked to Iran. Well, if they're causing trouble, how come instead of saying oh they're you know doing more to evade detection, how about we need to figure out how to find these people? And charge them with a crime if they have done so. Right? The Oops IE variant delivered in this attack begins its execution. The checks link. Oops IE runs include ones on vitals like system temp. The malware will only run on computers configured on a small number of time zones. Oops. This is a targeted attack, sure, but it honestly doesn't matter. Back up all items. A well known hack. A well known hack. New Union Station exhibition feature. Become a champion. DHS supply chain and CDM bills passed up. Become a champion for Greener L.A. DHS supply chain and CDM bills passed the house. 
The House passed two bills Tuesday that aim to bolster the Department of Homeland Security's cybersecurity efforts as they relate to securing the agency. I don't remember. There was a, an article I was looking at, and I, now I don't think it's here. And I read it today. NSA official, foreign hackers have pummeled you. S, by stealing IP, selected. All items. That talked about a specific... A, a specific antivirus company. So, I don't think it's the antivirus company's responsibility to spy on anybody. They're gathering files that are suspicious to try and help protect everybody that uses the product. They're saying Chinese are, are doing this thing. Can we prove it? Of course, your intellectual property is is to be a problem if it gets out. That's because that's why it's called intellectual property. You build something, you make sure it's as secure as possible. Mistakes are going to happen. It's going to get out. I get it. But why does it always have to be the Chinese, the Japanese, the whatever? It could be someone just in your own building. And if that's the case and we can prove it, then we should be going after them and telling them that this is not okay. And if it's a crime, we should charge them with that. Released. Link. A report detailing persistent efforts by China, right? Iran, and Russia to steal U.S. trade secrets. China, Iran, and Russia stealing U.S. trade secrets? How come nobody's gotten in trouble? In this article too, there are broader national security risks of dealing with Chinese telecom companies. Now, if we've proven that the telecom companies are doing something wrong, how come we can't go to their government and say, look, uh, we have a problem we'd like to talk to you about. How can we do this so that uh, it can be done fairly? You're going to let the Chinese telecom companies be out there, and if they're causing trouble? And Russian oh, that's where it was in this article. A Russian antivirus company, fully named here, Kaspersky Lab. I've, I know of them. But Kaspersky is just like F-Secure, Trend Micro, McAfee even. I mean, how bad does it have to get how bad does it have to get for somebody to say, you know what, we can prove that this company is doing something. Let's talk to them and see if we can't let them know that this is a problem and see what they have to say. And if it doesn't help, then go to the proper people and let's press charges. And you know, if the law doesn't allow them to operate in the way that they're operating.
So, I'm a little confused here about why everybody is writing about these companies that are supposedly doing something, but yet we aren't seeing what we can do about it because it continues to be a problem. And I'm sure that there are more companies besides antivirus companies that would do something like that and get away with it. I'm curious on your thoughts. What do you think? Please feel free to submit your comments to me by email or iMessage at tech, that's T-E-C-H, at M-E-N-V-I dot O-R-G. Text or WhatsApp 804-442-6975. Or you can call 804-442-6975 or 818-921-4976. This is Podcast 288 and I'm interested in your thoughts on this one. talk about I'm trying to find different topics to talk about but yet I don't want this to be boring I want this to be something that is very uh, very interesting to talk about and this article talks about the one year later after the Equifax breach and this comes from the Trend Micro blog This article was posted to their blog on September 7th, 2018. And Mark uh, Minikovin, Mikovin, maybe, if I mispronounce your name, Mark, and you listen to this podcast, I would love to hear a pronunciation of the name and I'll be glad to correct it for the record. Uh, Mark followed me on Twitter, and I read this article and found that this was quite interesting. Of course, we know that Equifax was one of the largest breaches. In fact, Mark says that this is the largest breach in history to date, and I think that this will more than likely be broken later. How later? I'm not exactly sure. But 
it's something to think about because the fact of the matter is is that we haven't done anything to resolve it. Right? All we've done is the <coughs> typical, I'm sorry for the inconvenience this causes you. But this isn't enough. Let's see what the numbers are. Not, uh, so the numbers are staggering. A hundred forty five million Americans. One notification. Messages in one minute. Jennifer Martinez. I am home cry. Seven hundred thousand UK citizens. And nineteen thousand Canadians. All of this data was stolen by cyber criminals because there was a bug in a piece of software which was patched the piece of software was Apache struts And on our recent security now, more Apache Struts problems have arisen. Steve talks about it more on that podcast. I don't remember all the details, but it sounds pretty bad. According to the article, the information included names, addresses, and any other personal information that can be taken to have your identity stolen. This is a real impact breach and the people do not care how many people it affects they are doing it for the money access to money access to somebody else's information so they can have a clean slate so 
The problem that we have here, according to the articles that we entrust everyone with the information that we need to give them for the services. And I think one of the big problems that we have is that a piece of information that I would prefer not to give out now includes your social security number. Now I get for the social security administration, for social security, you know, for that type of thing, of course that makes sense. But why do we need to give out all of this information everywhere? A year later, your data's never been at risk. This breach made international headlines and everybody talked about it. It was such a big deal and there hasn't been any type of fix. Equifax went so far as to put up a website to allow people to get help, but yet that site wasn't secured. Also, the issue relies on the fact that they waited weeks to notify anybody. If I knew I had a breach of all of Menvy's people who signed up for the network, I would be wanting to know about it. I would post something on the web at least. Look, we have suffered a breach. Here's what we know. And do the proper PR, correct? Then they kept bumbling the response. They kept changing the story. They kept, we don't know. You know, we have this much, whatever. Several people resigned afterward. And executives were accused of insider training. And it just turned into a big PR mess. The CEO resigned. They basically dropped the ball. They had everybody in place. Now, who are Equifax's customers? We all know in the United States who they are. They're one of the three credit bureaus. How to contact them, as, as well as TransUnion and other services that do similar work, is practically impossible. you got to go dig for phone numbers. I think I called one once, but I never was able to talk to anybody, and I don't now remember why I called.
none of us have any direct relationship with the company. These are known as reputation clearing houses. And they're uh, consumer uh, reporting agencies. We have no actions or very few of them that we are aware of. And that, I think, is a big time problem. Let's check in and I'll sort of recap what this is and you can read the full article by linking to it through the RSS feed or the blog depending on how long it is. We have no data protection so there's lack of that. There is a, a bill in place that would protect us. And I'm surprised they have not been fined by any state. Strict regulation in the European Union have been underway for years before this breach but what does it do for people in the United States <clears throat> California had already had an initiative hap uh, underway for years now and uh, They ended up bringing in new leadership to shift the security culture, but will it do any good? I think it's too late now. I'm hoping that they will bring that they will bring a stronger security culture. So if it does happen again and they say, we're sorry, we'll do better. Here's what we're doing. <clears throat> the typical PR moves. Look, we're not going to be perfect in this world. There's no such thing as perfect security. You are not going to be 100% correct. But as I think about this article, as my plans for a Monday have changed, and I'm doing some recording for another podcast, I'm thinking about this article again going... You know, if I ever got breached, I am not going to run like that. I am going to post something on my website, even if I put a redirect in place. Even if I put a redirect in place to point to that page and that's all they see. And I take phone calls. That at least is better than nothing. We all know regulation is challenging and 
I know we have to start somewhere. I don't know what to do. I don't know what we can tell people what to do. It's not my job to tell people what to do. Now, if you ask me a question, I'll give you the best answer I know how, but it's going to be up to the individual. You can't have it both ways. We're sorry. Trump Hotel said. Again, we're sorry. And a third time, we're sorry. You know, people who do business and you get hacked three times? If I were doing business with them, I'd say that's enough. This is the last time I'm coming here. And I would not come back. But the problem with Equifax and these companies that we don't have direct relationships with is that you do not have a choice. You can't tell Equifax, I'm sorry, I don't want you to have my data even though you know you have a right to have it because you you know have a, a credit rating system and you know I have credit and this, that, and the other. We don't have that choice. When a business makes a mistake, we need to find a way to make sure that they understand that this is not acceptable. The fact that Equifax had a uh, PR blunder, if you will, then that is that. This is uh, a problem. It's probably not going to get easier to solve. I don't know of an easy solution other than making sure that if you're using software to patch it, you know, when my blogs tell me I need to patch my software, I do that. But other than that, I honestly don't know. I mean, somebody on the inside could have done something for all we knew at Equifax. What do we do about companies that have an indirect relationship with us? I still don't remember getting a letter from, from Equifax saying that my information has potentially been stolen. I know I got one from Blue Cross. So, what do we do? What do we do? 
there's got to be an answer. And I'd like to hear any ideas you have. Hello, folks. I found a very interesting article on Trend Micro's blog that I thought was quite interesting. And the reason why I found this article of interest was because of the amount of things that this thing can do. We've been talking about a piece of ransomware called Locky. This is Locky Poser. Otherwise known as Pi Locky. Ransomware has plateaued big time lately, especially this year alone. It has been fine-tuned to evade security solutions. It's an imitate-established ransomware that ride on their notoriety. Trend Micro saw a wave of spam delivering this malware and PyLocker is not related to Locky. PyLocky is written in Python. Now popular software such as Mailman is also written in Python, which is a scripting language. This makes it so that it's a standalone executable. This is not the first time that we've seen that, according to Trend Micro. CryPy in 2016 and Pill33T, none of which I've heard of. This one was in 2017. This particular one features anti-machine learning capability. which makes it notable. No machine learning solution which is out there could detect this 
They talk about variants of Cerber in here. That one used the Nullsoft installer, which was the one that was used for Winamp. The now somewhat hard to find media player that a lot of us used in the early days of the MP3s just to listen to them. And of course Winamp was also used back in the early 2000s for broadcasting. <clears throat> I believe I have featured that program where the mix did a tutorial on that in an earlier podcast some years ago. Now I'm not going to talk about every little aspect, but there was something that really caught my attention. Not only does it come with a digital signature, but it encrypts image, video, document, sound, program, game, database, and archive files. So, what are these files? That's what I want to talk about, because this is a long list of files. A lot of them I've not heard of. A lot of them I have heard of. .dat, .keychain, .sdf, .vcf, those are the contact cards, .jpg, .png, .tif, those are image files, .gif, or gif, .jpeg, or jpeg, .jif, I'm not too familiar with that, I've heard of gif, or gif, .jp2, not too familiar with that one, .jpx, not familiar with that one, .j2k .j2c .fpx .pcd .bmp I'm familiar with that one. Those are the bitmap images. .svg .3dm .3ds .max the OBJ, I believe those might be known for uh, objects. And we got dot DDS, PSD. Dot TGA. Dot THM. There's the dot TIFF. That's another 
image format dot yuv dot ai that might be for the programs that are written for artificial intelligence dot eps dot ps dot svg dot ind dot pct dot mp4 those are your video files your video audio files dot avi dot mkv dot 3g2 dot 3gp those are those video files that your phone produces dot asf that those are those files that are used to play something on the web on the web all in play had that when you had uh when you went over there dot flv dot m4v dot mov dot mpg dot rm dot srt dot swf i think that was more of the format the swf was the automatic playing of that but uh it could be in in those uh, in that other format I mentioned earlier. It could be ASF, but I think it was an SWF file. VOB, WMV, those I believe are Windows Media Video. Here are your documents. DOC. DOCX, text, PDF, log files, MSGs, those are uh, message files, folders, ODT, dot pages, dot RTF, dot tex dot wpd now the reason why that caught my attention was because those of us who used wordperfect back in the day and i'm talking before windows was out the files were wordperfect documents or wpds so this attacks those. Dot WPS. Dot CSV. Those are the Excel spreadsheets, comma separated value files. Dot GED. Dot key. Those are probably key registry files. Although those are dot regs, but it could be dot key. Uh, I'm not a hundred percent sure, but it could it could have something to do with the registry, depending on the uh, platform, I suppose. 
because that's what it seems like to me. I've never seen files like that. That PPS, that PPT, those are the PowerPoint presentations. That PPTX, those are the newer versions. That XML, that JSON, those are the JSON files and the XML files uh, similar to RSS for XML. SLXX, those the SLXX files are those used in the newer versions of Excel. XLSM, I'm not too familiar with those. XLSB, not too familiar with those, but they're probably versions of Excel spreadsheets. .XLS, that's the original form for Excel. .MHT, .MHTML, not too familiar with that one. .HTM, .HTML, well there goes my websites. The XLTX, I'm not too for familiar with that. Dot .PRN, those I think are printer files. Dot .DIF, dot .SLK, dot .XLAM, I've never heard that one before. Dot .XLA. .ods, .docm, .dotx, .dotm, .xps, .ics, .mp3. Those are our common MP3 files, including this very podcast. .aif, .iff, .m3u, those are playlist files for Winamp or compatible media player uh, to play uh, quite a number of files in a row or streams. .m4a, those are the newer standard now that is used and is compatible with programs like Winamp. Dot mid, those are the old time video, uh, MIDI files. Dot MPA, dot WAV, dot WMA, Wave and Windows Media Audio. Dot MSI, those are installers. Dot PHP, we all know PHP has been vulnerable anyway. And, uh, that is definitely something of interest. Dot .apk, I've seen them uh, around in mentions, but I, I, I believe those are mainly used in Android for installers. Dot .app, dot .bat, those are the old time DOS files that would run something like running your Dektok Express before Vocalize ran. 
otherwise known as autoexec.bat, got the DOS computer booted. .cgi. .com, those are, of course, the old DOS programs. .asp, that's part of the web. .aspx, that's also part of the web. .cer, .cfm, those files are used on the web. .css, those are the cascading style sheets. .js, JavaScript files. .jsp, JavaScript for the web. RSS, the new feed that we're on, that could that could be affected by this. XHTML. Dot C. Dot class. Dot CPP. Dot CS. Dot H. I don't know what that's supposed to mean. Dot Java. Dot. Dot LUA. Dot PL. Those are Python uh, particular files. Dot py2. Dot sh. Dot sln. By the way, that extension is dot py. There's dot pl dot py. Dot swift, of course. Swift is the new Apple programming language. Dot VB. Dot V C X P R O J. Never seen that before. Dot B E M. Dot G A M. Dot N E S. Dot ROM R O M. .sav, those are the files that are used to save your place in a game. .tgz, .zip, .rar, those are your zip files. .tar, that's uh, for uh, also a zip format. .7z, .cbr, .deb, dot gz dot pkg dot rpm dot zip x i'm not too familiar with that dot iso those are your image files for windows dot ged dot accdb dot db dot dbf dot mdb dot sql those are the files for the sql databases bye bye wordpress bye bye blog if we get infected with that dot fnt dot fon dot otf 
ttf.cfg.ini. Those are those uh, files where you say run this ini file and it has commands in it. .prf .back those are the backup files when like WordPerfect was shut down it saved itself a backup copy and then when it saw it it goes you didn't save this file do you want to save it? .old FNT. I mean, lots of them here. .tmp, your temporary files, and your torrent file. That's all I wanted to cover of this article. That is really all I wanted to cover. A lot of you are probably going to start asking me questions about what these file extensions are, and some of them I have. Some of them, like .db, are database files. But boy, I don't even know most of those extensions. And I'll link to this article as part of the show notes. I am, I am absolutely not surprised, or should I be surprised, about the fact that this was going to eventually develop into practically every single file type. And there's one extension that is really missing from this list. Although I don't foresee them using this extension. I'm talking about your common executable. This is going to be very interesting and I'm not going to be the one to predict this and I don't think that they honestly will because This is going to be one of those times where I don't think they will. And this is a sad time where we can predict what's going to happen and I don't think 
that this will, where executables are, because they want the computer to boot. If it doesn't boot, then they can't get you to pay, correct? So they have to do something to allow the computer to boot so they can get you in with the money. And so that is where we are. I was actually waiting for a text message to ask me about um, getting uh, about me being available for something else that I need to get a move on for. So I will do that. That's the text message that I just got. So I will move along now. And I'm hoping that we can have some idea whether I'm going to be right. Because I really think that we are in a position where this is not going to happen. They're not going to touch executables. They are not going to do that because they know that they can't get their wares to you. So, this is going to be quite interesting you're welcome to contact me at any time and let me know your thoughts about this new threat and again, I'm going to put a link to this on the show notes in the blog uh, that are going to be available on the blog and the RSS for this podcast. Are we headed in scary times? Please let me know your thoughts. Folks, that's going to do it for this podcast, everybody. I am Jared Reimer, and I hope that each and every one of you enjoyed the podcast as much as I have putting it together for you. The following is my contact information if you wish to utilize it. Email or iMessage tech, that's T-E-C-H at M-E-N-V-I dot O-R-G. If you're on Livewire or Ground Zero, you can contact me. My box number over there is 2276. If you want to text or WhatsApp me, my telephone number is 804-442-6975, and you're welcome to call that telephone number as well. If you don't get me, please leave a voicemail, and I'll return your call. 
please make sure to leave a telephone number if you wish to have a call back. I'm not going to assume that a a caller ID that I might see is the appropriate number for a callback. You can also find other contact information on my website at jaredreimer.net. That's J-A-R-E-D-R-I-M-E-R dot N-E-T. I hope that each and every one of you enjoys this podcast, and I'm looking forward to the next one where we are going to end the scammy behavior. I finally put an end to it, blocked the person, and called it good. Why? Well, if you've been listening to the podcast, you'll know why in the last few. But this time, it went to a whole new level, and we are going to expose who this person is. Coming up next podcast. Till then, I'm Jared Reimer saying thanks for listening. See you next time.